Hi, and welcome to Y2K Group Chat. This is a series about how artists navigate through their practice and a behind-the-scenes look into their lives. Y2K Group is an art agency and advisory focused on supporting emerging artists in New York and beyond. Dominic Musa is an emerging artist living and working in Patterson, New Jersey. He received an MFA from Rhode Island School of Design and a BFA from SVA in New York. Past solo and group exhibitions include Anywhere Out of the World, Helena Ann Rather, New York, Beach, Tamar Grand Projects, London, Still Life, curated by Helena Ann Rather and Megan Yoon, Drawer Online, Highway Blues, curated by J.J. Manford, Underdunk, Brooklyn, Bloom, Over Under Room, Brooklyn. The following podcast episode was recorded in early April 2021. Enjoy. Hello. Hey, Matthew. Hey, how's it going? Good. Can you hear me all right? Yeah, I think I can hear you. So what's new? Not much. How are you? Oh, pretty good. Do you want to go into the questions? Um, whatever you would like to. Yeah, I was just kind of like making sure... Like, got my stuff set up here. Oh, okay. Do you just need a second? I am good. Yeah, I'm a little nervous, but yeah, so it feels good. <laughs> is it uh, raining over there in, in Jersey? Yeah, it is. It was uh, miserable all day today. Oh, no. Yeah, it's been raining here too, but clearing up a little. Nice. How's your weekend been good? Yeah, we, um, we were open all week. There are some openings in the building, and uh, yeah, I actually like walked through Soho, and um, there is like hundreds of people outside. It was kind of wild. <laughs> oh Jesus! <laughs> <laughs> and like there is like lines for people to like get into stores, even to certain stores and whatnot. Yeah, it just like looked like a parade. It was kind of crazy. <laughs> yeah, we we went to like a couple plant stores, and they were super busy as well like people just kind of packed inside do you have a lot of plants at your at your place we do we have like i guess like over a hundred or so oh. at this point yeah we got a lot wow <laughs> and we have like you know these big windows so it's just like southeast facing so we just get like really good light and they yeah the plants just seem to like love it here so we kind of our collection has grown tremendously over the past like four years wow that's amazing yeah <laughs> i like gardening but it's always like maintaining it and stuff right right the ma the maintenance requirements are uh what's getting a little little crazy it's like every plant's like on a schedule but we've tried to uh narrow them down to a similar day so it's not like an all-week affair it's just like two days out of the week now Oh, okay. Well, I mean, I'm sure it's very, like, enlightening or meditative. It's very nice, yeah. No, it's, yeah, it's nice to kind of be surrounded by them, especially when you're just kind of, like, sitting on the couch and you just, like, got, like, a little mini, uh, like, greenhouse around you. It's quite, <laughs> quite, quite relaxing. Wow. Do you think your dog likes the plants? Yeah, uh, both of our dogs, yeah, they, they love them. They, oh, wow. And, like, our, our birds are kind of, like, uh, they're like nestled now between some plants so it's like i think they really enjoy it it's pleasant <laughs> so where did you grow up and when did you know you wanted to become an artist 
Um, so I grew up in uh, Poquag, New York. So I'm located like two hours north of the city. Um, I kind of was fortunate. My grandfather was kind of like a Sunday painter. He like casually painted a lot of like little seascapes and lighthouses. He was, him and my uh, grandmother have had this place in South Carolina ever since I was born. Um, so they spent a lot of time down there. And so he was always working on paintings and was like always interested in drawing and kind of drew a lot during my childhood throughout, you know, elementary school, middle school, high school. I kind of was always drawn to art class. And then when I got in high school, I went and started taking like classes, like after I finished the school day at this place called the Mill Street Loft oh. Art Institute. I was doing like figure drawing classes and um, just like different painting workshop and classes there after kind of regular school. Um, so kind of like, I guess for as long as I've known, I've always kind of been interested in during high school, it kind of like really clicked that it was like, this was something that I wanted to do and that I really enjoyed. I've been like upstate a few times. Like, is that near, near Hudson? It's like an hour South of Hudson. Um, it's like 20 minutes, uh, well, I guess like a half hour from Poughkeepsie. Oh, okay. Nice. If you just like went East of Poughkeepsie, you kind of like, land and more like rural farmland it was a like the town that i was in they were like known for like this private shooting preserve when i was like 14 um it's like kind of where i got my first job just like uh cutting mowing grass and i uh, operated like skeet shooting for like clay pigeons like for the like the little clay orange clay discs um, oh, for yeah. like these, yeah, for these like hunters to kind of do their practice on. So like they would send us out to this station and we'd kind of like wait for the guide and then the guests to kind of like kind of make their way down these pathways. And then, you know, they set up at the station, call pole, and then, you know, we were out in the woods firing off these clay pigeons for them. There's nothing really around. It was just kind of like woods and this private shooting preserve kind of like occupied most of like kind of the property in the area. Um, so like houses were very kind of like far apart. You mentioned we're, um, you're going to Mill Street Lofts. Is that some mm -hmm. sort of like art center around where you lived? It was, uh, it was in Poughkeepsie and it was this kind of like singular little brick warehouse. It was pretty small. It was ran by this guy, um, Todd Petit's. He studied at uh, MICA, and it was basically like three teachers that were kind of like working there. They would do kind of like these different types of like workshops. Uh, they do like the figure drawing, um, figure painting, and then they did like portfolio kind of building classes uh, to kind of like work on a portfolio for going into undergrad. But in the summertime, they would get a building from Marist College in Poughkeepsie. Oh, yeah. And they do like a summer intensive program out of there. So yeah, it was like, yeah. So it was like about like a half hour from where I lived. Um, and then it was like, like a 15 minute drive or so from where I went to high school. Mm -hmm. 
Wow. That's amazing. Yeah, it was super fun. Super fortunate to uh, have that so at least close by or accessible. So who are some of the artists that keep inspiring you? Lately, at least like who I've been looking at a lot have been like like Luke Toymans or uh, Per Kirkaby, Maria Lasnig, uh, Gustave Corbet. I'm just like looking around at like my studio floor and like I just have some things scattered. Um, Noah Davis, you know, I have like a small little peer group that, you know, kind of keep me going also. You know, I like live out here in Patterson, New Jersey. And, you know, I don't have like a close community of fellow artists. So it's like I have, you know, my girlfriend, Laura. Um, so she's been like a huge kind of like inspiration kind of in the studio with me a lot talking about my work. And then my friend Timothy, you know, we do things on over the phone. He's up in Rhode Island. Between like, uh, you know, my close kind of personal group that kind of keeps me going as well as the bigger people out there kind of just looking through books and things like that kind of always kind of keep me inspired and going in the studio. Sort of like a big fan of like Sherman and and like Dutch painting. Yeah. Have you ever seen their work in person? The artists you mentioned? Yeah, I've seen, I've seen some like Luke Plyman shows, uh, David's Warner, Pierre Kirkaby at Michael Werner Gallery, Corbet's at like the Met and stuff like that, <laughs> and Bulliard, things like that. I saw a Luke Toyman show at Zwerner as well. I think that was, feels like a while ago. I know, I feel like I haven't seen a show really in a while now. But yeah, I'm trying to remember the last Toyman show. Do you like the sort of paint quality? from those artists or like the imagery or like the presence maybe? I guess for like Luke, Luke Toyman's, it's more kind of about like the kind of psychological quality that his work has that kind of draws me so much to it. And then like, you know, Bouliard, I think like he has like a, I'm very drawn to the way that he uses paint. It's like almost extremely like, descriptive and like really describes like certain movements or you know like the way something is described I think that he's like really great using paints um as well as like David Parks um as well I'm like really drawn to like kind of like the Bay Area painters and their kind of use of paint handling mm-hmm. kind of when I was an undergrad it was a professor that kind of like told me to look a lot at the kind of Bay Area painters. And I didn't know much about them at the time when I was like an undergrad. Kind of like made me look at painting differently just because of how gestural it was, especially like when I was like a freshman at art school. It was like, oh, you can like use paint like this. Like this is really exciting. And kind of always like stuck with me and carried with me. And it's something that I like to think about now at least. I've kind of like come back to like a more gestural, thicker application of paint. Mm-hmm. Materially, like during when I was in grad school, at least like like experimented a lot with materials and different ways to get toward a finished painting and kind of like that 
translation of drawing to painting. Um, so I was like using, you know, a lot of like water soluble crayons to kind of like start this process of the painting and like my grounds became very spe specific. And I had this one professor at RISD, Dwayne Slick, who kind of did like a workshop kind of on different kinds of surfaces that, you know, he's kind of experimented with. Through that, I, like I started using like light molding paste kind of as a ground, which became like very soft and papery as you kind of like applied it and wet sanded it. And the crayons kind of like moved really nicely across that. And then I start using oil paint to kind of like melt the crayons into the ground and then kind of using paint to build up from there. And like now the paintings are very focused around just oil painting. And, you know, that kind of came from the job that I had coming out of grad school, working as a paint maker for Basari oil paints and yeah, and it just kind of like, I guess like re-energize this kind of love for just like pure, just like pure paint and kind of not kind of like fussing with like all these other materials. Did you ever work on, uh, what was that called? Yepo paper? Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Very like, almost like kind of glassy. What is your process before starting a new painting? And maybe you could talk about like how that sort of evolved during or since grad school. So now my paintings kind of start kind of traditional underpainting, just one monochrome color. And I kind of work with like wipeouts, kind of like starting to like establish like shapes and light and form. And I kind of like slowly work with that underpainting and kind of like slowly start building it up to where it then becomes basically like the image that I'm kind of like going to work with. Like I end up like wiping them out and redoing them, I don't know, like countless times until kind of everything kind of sits where I want it to. For the underpaintings, it's a lot of drawings. I use like an image and I'll like draw it over and over um, again, different sorts of ways, or, you know, I'll do like watercolor monoprints uh, to where I can like flip the image um, and have it the other way to see if it's, you know, gonna like help it more, help the composition more if the image is the other way. Um, so then I kind of have like this archive of drawings as well as like different source imagery. And yeah, and so that all becomes the pieces to then where I start like orchestrating the work like on the campus. And then it's kind of just like a slow build of paint from there until I kind of arrive at like this finished image for me. I know that like some of your your work or, or past work uh, sort of deals with like um, interchanging like memory and observation. Um, mm -hmm. How do you determine what to add from memory and, and what to include from observation in your work? I guess like in the short answer, it's what I can like remember how to draw or paint versus like what, so what I can or what I can't. So like in certain things, like at least two of the paintings that'll be with 
Y2K. It's like I have like a, the one titled Riverwalk, which is like based off of like the photograph that I took of like this man, the building I live in a few summers ago. And so like the figure is from like the source photo that, you know, I there was just like the way that his posture was, the way that he was walking, the way that the like umbrella was positioned. It, it just kind of all like really sat with me. So then like the space then in which he inhabits is just like a completely invented space and kind of like dropping him into this I guess like feeling that like, you know, like that I get, you know, especially like walking around here at night, it's completely dark. There's no street lamps really. And it's very dark at night. So it was just like, I took this picture of him during the day and this like bright sun with this umbrella. And I just wanted to do like the complete opposite of like what that time of day is. And just like kind of like changed the feeling of what that image was to me originally. And then like in another painting that'll be in the show is um, the assistant. The image itself, like the figures were borrowed from uh, this Matthias Gruder engraving. And the title of it is a surgery where all fantasy and collies are purged and good qualities are prescribed. And the image, I was working as a paint maker for Vasari and, you know, I did like a lot of research for kind of like different sorts of pigments. And so it kind of like became my life for like three years. Um, and I became like super interested in pigments and where they came from. So that image was kind of like roughly based off of this scientist alchemist workshop. And to me, it just kind of like, just like related so much to it, like working for this company that was like extremely small and it was being like this assistant to like this master. And so, you know, the image comes from this very specific place and then wanting to take that image and extend its kind of history and bring it into now. The, the scene of where it takes place is kind of like in a corner of my studio where I kind of set up, you know, my tabaret, like near the window and kind of like then dropped these two figures that I kind of like reinvented into like a version of myself and my old boss you know, just kind of like the, the like constant shove of knowledge and like information from this person that has kind of been doing this thing his entire life. And, you know, you're kind of there learning and adapting and kind of feeding into his way of creating and seeing. So it was like this huge, like emotional thing. And the image just kind of like, sat perfectly with me so it's i guess to like and i guess to get back to the answer of what is from memory and what is in or in what's from observational it's like a meld of all these these different parts and kind of like what i'm using and then what i'm trying and then where i'm trying to put it or place it
as kind of like the determining factors of what gets used from observation and what gets invented. When you're making your paintings, it seems like you spend a lot of time on each works. Do you ever find yourself dreaming about the compositions? Yeah, no, I mean, um, you know, I take a lot of photos of the works and, you know, when I'm not in the studio painting on them, like I'm sitting on the couch looking at the images or, you know, playing with like the markup on like the phone, like maybe like tweaking things or, you know, if I move the figure here, I am fortunate to where I kind of like live where I work. Um, so it's like, I can kind of like come in here if I have like this sudden like eureka moment or urge to like change something. Mm -hmm. um, I can just like come into like the studio's section um, and kind of like make adjustments or do things that I need to change. That's amazing. It's like kind of like immediate response. You can kind of just yeah. Which I'm, yeah, super fortunate um, to kind of have, um, or at least like finding the space. And yeah, it's made things easier. You were talking about um, some of the figures from a couple of paintings for the show here. If you want to pick some other like current or past works, who are like the figures in the work? Are they people you know or create are they just like an amalgamation of different people or uh ideas definitely an amalgamation you know i take a lot of like point and shoots uh photos of people some of that some of the photos i have are kind of like collected from like photo albums that people kind of dump at like thrift stores and different things like that some are completely invented. Some are from like art historical references. Um, so I kind of like pull kind of figures that kind of like either doing or like doing a task or movement that I, that like the painting needs or wants. Um, so they kind of like fit in. So it's like I have like this database of these figures. It's like I'm seeing my like, self through like a lot of these characters from like like the third person almost like as an observer or narrator like i look at the paintings almost like you know like self-portraits or at least like the figures are like a type of extension of myself mm -hmm. and i'm like interested in the relationship of the painter like to their painting as a mirror like it reflects the artist and also reflects the viewer so like a simultaneous, like dual identity. Yeah. Do you find, um, is it easy to paint between like different works or do you find yourself more like involved in like other paintings from different ones? Even like maybe like emotional investment. It is, um, so it's like, I always, I start a lot of paintings, but then kind of one will demand my attention 
more than others and to where I'm kind of like finding myself kind of only working on that painting kind of until it's finished. Um, but then it's like, I have these other ones to kind of go back to because sometimes I just like hit a wall and I don't know what to do and I need them to like kind of sit for some time. And so then, then I kind of like leave that painting for a while and I'll work on a different one. But it's almost like, it's like once I really kind of get going on it, like I kind of have to see it all the way through unless I kind of hit this kind of obstacle with it to where then I have to stop. Otherwise it's like, I'll either do something too drastic or not the right move. And then it's like, I end up scraping it and making a bigger mess of it. And then it's like rebuilding it back up to get it back to that certain point. Um, Mm -hmm. So yeah, I find that like once I'm like really invested into one of them, like I have to kind of see it through until the end. I think you were talking about this a little bit before, but um, how do you determine the the spaces in your paintings? The spaces are kind of like where I kind of give myself the most kind of freedom when making. It's like they're almost like based on the feeling that I get from the act or gesture or scene rather than like the predetermined. So it's like they kind of like start to like come together as like, I'm kind of like mapping out the space, like, or kind of like in the beginning when I'm kind of starting them. Um, Like some of them are more specific than others. As I'm working on them, I kind of like know, okay, like that I want them to kind of like take place in like, you know, in this field or on this beach or like certain things like that, where other ones, it's like, I have like a more specific image to like the act, like, of like, you know, for example, like a painting that I made recently of this diver, it was of a good friend of mine that I took um, up in Connecticut. And it was like, the water and the lake and kind of that environment was really important to, um, you know, the act that was taking place, but also like the feeling or um, memory that that place brings. Um, Kind of like this waterfall painting that I've been working on. It's like a, a specific memory, Spending my time, like my summers um, when I was a kid at my great-grandmother's place up in Saugerties, New York, um, she lived kind of like on this creek where this waterfall was that kind of went down to the swimming hole. So it was like certain paintings, at least for the space, it's like really important that they be specific, but then for others, it's less specific and more about like the emotion and psychology that I get, you know, rather than the specific place. I was noticing in a lot, a lot of your work, there seems to be like shapes that you kind of see. I don't know if it's from the planning process, but I was just wondering if geometry plays a role in your, in your work. If you think about like different 
forms of perspective? I guess like how I like learned to paint when I uh, first kind of went to school was uh, very much like about like identifying shapes, like especially in figure painting classes, it was just like, you know, it was just like shape touching shape. You know, that's kind of how you like construct the form is by seeing these larger and smaller shapes to kind of like build something. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I like negotiating the space between like abstraction and figuration. So, you know, I'm constantly looking for shapes and how they inter- interact and overlap and kind of connects. I'm like constantly looking for shapes. It's kind of like how I see things is by identification by shapes and seeing these shapes. Um, so yeah, that's kind of like how that plays a part, like in the paintings. How do you determine the light source for the works or um, do you change where the light's coming from, like in the process of making the works or is it always just like kind of, you have an idea and then you just kind of stick with it? I kind of like pre-established the light like in, I guess like early on in the painting, kind of like when I start with like the monochrome wash and kind of like in that process of like wiping out is kind of like where I'll start to kind of establish the light or kind of what direction or where I kind of want it to come from. And then kind of like, as I add things, I'll kind of like, you know, put that figure into that light or more early on where like I can kind of like project the light onto whatever it is. Um, So yeah, I guess it's, you know, it's almost like trying to like orchestrate like a stage light or artificial kind of like type of light. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I guess, you know, it's kind of, it changes um, kind of as I'm working, but most part from the beginning of the painting, I kind of like, I guess, pre-establish it and kind of know where I want the light to kind of come from. And then um, also some of your works, there's a, there's a lot of like miniature little figures. And I was just, right, just right. curious. I don't know what the word is. <laughs> I mean, I, I guess I could say fairies, but are they kind of like, are they like fantastical like projections of people or, or, or like, are they trying to express something? They're almost kind of like, I mean, you like a fairy type of kind of thing. It's like a, there's like this one painting by uh, John Everett, uh, a lot with Ferdinand lured by Ariel, where these little kind of like fairy kind of demons kind of creatures, smaller than like the human figure, but it was, uh, you know, I kind of look at them almost as like this like subconscious, like inner monologue type thing that I kind of have with myself. Um, that just like that other voice, like kind of in your head mm-hmm. of like telling you certain things or telling you to do this or not to do that. Um, I kind of like inserting or kind of like giving those voices a kind of presence or personality or uh, kind of, I guess, more descript- like a descriptive quality to them. Do you think they're like, they could also be like your, um, your intuition speaking to you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I feel like they can kind of like wear several hats. 
these kind of like smaller figures, at least in the work. Your work oftentimes imbues various psychological scenes. Do you try to create different feelings and moods in your work? I want the space to kind of illustrate a state of mind. Um, and like the way that like this space can kind of like generate a feeling. So it's like, I'm less concerned about rendering like a realistic or convincing space, but kind of like psychological scenes are kind of like created from that. I'm trying to like think of like a better way to like describe it in a kind of way. Um, Okay, if I go back to like the waterfall kind of like painting, it's like I, you know, think more about like the psychological and like the memory that that takes me on. So it's like, you know, the cold, like dark woods is kind of like where then like I start to like, you know, where I can kind of like insert like more creative notion to kind of like explore that and kind of like evoke like a different sort of feeling and there's like another painting that i'm like working on the temperature is like a very like cool violety kind of like color i have like this figure pouring um kind of like this bucket of like liquid over this guy's head which you know it's kind of like this more like humiliation kind of factor but it's like I think about you know this time or these times where you know public speaking or having to speak so it was like in high school having to take like a public speaking class or even um, when I was in graduate school I had uh, we had a professor uh, Angela Dufresne where she had us like read manifestos like in front of our group like on a stage and it was like that feeling that I get from like being up there, you know, is like what I try to then push into, you know, push into as I'm like kind of creating these scenes. Is it like um, coming to terms or not? Yeah, maybe coming to terms or expressing, like, anxiety or... I, yeah, I mean, it's like... It's, yes, it's like... Um, it's like the anxiety and the um, kind of fear or... or... Or, like, the unknown, maybe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the unknown, different things like that. Um that I just like don't have answers to that I'm like I guess always searching for or curious about mm -hmm. it sounds like where you grew up it was sort of like you know woodsy very open and like quiet but at the same time like there must have been like some sort of like you know like the sort of historical tales of like the unknown forest or something or um do you think it's just kind of like remem remembering that like 
unknown expanse and maybe that like keeps coming into your work yeah yeah i mean because i mean we um, it's like growing up it's like you kind of like spend you went outside and it wasn't like go into the street or to the cul-de-sac it was you know you do a 360 and you're kind of just surrounded by you know woods and you know so like we kind of like and we didn't have like especially like when we were young we didn't get like i think like neighbors or anything like that until i think we were like probably i don't know 16. yeah like we eventually started getting neighbors so it was like you know you kind of like made your own entertainment and kind of like fun out in the woods kind of thing you know it's like that was kind of like your playground and like what you did with that and you know at times it was like you know scary or you know exciting or yeah it was just like it was different like kind of every day so you kind of just like created your own world out there which i guess is like something that i you know a lot of these paintings at the end of the day it's like you know creating you know my own my own place you know your show with us at y2k is opening on april 23rd how long have you been working on the paintings for the show I mean, some of them, some of them I've been working on over a year wow. now at this point. Um, you know, they, they go through a stage and then it's, maybe it's just because I sit with them or I've sat with them for so long to where it's not what I want with, or what I want the work to do. And so I change it again. Um, so some of them, yeah, have taken, I guess, like over a year or so now. But um, some of the other ones, I guess, have like come together um, within like three months or so. Mm-hmm. Kind of like this constant back and forth. For some of them that are like a year, more than a year old, like, mm-hmm. did you have to like during like the lockdown and, and all that stuff like last year, did you have, did you feel like you had to like go back, reinterpret what you were thinking about those paintings or was it kind of just, you kept working more or less? I kind of, I mean, I think so. It was, you know, it was like kind of when I first started the paintings, they started off almost like a, they had like a different energy to them Mm -hmm. to where now they kind of like sit very differently um and i guess maybe it was like over over that you know past year or so where you know you're sitting with yourself and you're kind of like thinking about these certain images and you know, I guess like the mind, like at least my headspace kind of changed um, dramatically. So it was just like kind of made sense for like those works to kind of change. Mm-hmm. Especially because like, you know, looking at them from when I first started them and then looking at them now, they almost like didn't, they like stopped feeling 
like they were completed or finished and that something just like needed to change. So it just like, I just kind of felt like almost like obligated that I had to do that for the work in a kind of way. But yeah, and then the other ones, you know, they kind of came together more quickly. You know, it's mainly like the larger ones that take at least longer for me to kind of like see them. They kind of like reach that resolution a little bit quicker, I guess, for me. What are some of your favorite movies or books? Do you listen to other podcasts or or music? Um, I listen to like a lot of like true crime podcasts. Um, (laughs) Yeah, it's like kind of like, I don't know why, but for some, when I'm like in the studio working, it's almost like a very, it's just like kind of like interesting to kind of like listen from like this investigative kind of like standpoint. And it's, I don't know whether it like, headspace wise it kind of like puts me into like this like investigation of like my own work or the kind of way I'm trying to like resolve that is like a huge I guess like a at least for podcasts is like what I listen to it's like like my favorite murderer or in the dark uh like counterclock or like motive um so I do a lot of that or on Hulu, I like watch a lot of like the investigative crime channel. Um, so I spend a lot of time doing that. I guess like like an all time favorite of mine is like Delicatessen. It's like almost like in this like apocalyptic kind of world, and it's just like the kind of like stage and kind of story dialogue is just like really kind of fun and exciting there's like a lot of humor and it's like a guilty pleasure movie is like and i i like watch goodwill hunting a lot um (laughs) it's like a really big guilty pleasure movie um (laughs) (laughs) and then i really like the movie falling down with michael douglas oh i haven't seen that it's a really funny movie and music wise i like i i listen to like a lot of different music it like really kind of like depends on what i'm in the mood for so it's like i listen to like a lot of like wfmu i like clay pigeon in the morning i'm like kind of like a morning person so i'm up early so i like to listen to his show um but then i listen to like I don't know, like Peter Green is like been something I've been really enjoying listening to lately, like the Stone Roses, and I listen to like the urinals. Um, but then, yeah, I mean, then there'll be times I'll just want to listen to like classical music or I'll listen to hip hop or, you know, I'm kind of like all over the place when it comes to music. It's like something just kind of like hits the right chord for me and then, you know, that's like what I want to listen to. Cool. And uh, like favorite books or, or things you're reading? I started a book recently, uh, Supercon, which I've been enjoying. So yeah, so that's kind of like where I'm at right now. Cool. Well, I think that's what I have so far. Cool. Thank you very much. Yeah, it was yeah. great great talking with you and, and learning more. I enjoyed uh, chatting with you, Matthew. Thank you. Mm-hmm.